That's a good question, and I'm I'm not sure I have the right answer. I think mm-hmm. the the answer may be something deeper about like my my development or how I was raised or some experiences I had when I was younger. Because I always remember being super competitive in everything I did. Yeah, 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 it wasn't until like middle school that I learned how to be a graceful loser. You know, yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can still be competitive and be a graceful loser. It's possible, but mm-hmm. it definitely takes some work. Yeah. Um, all right we are on i have kevin jabal he is the creator of med school insiders where he teaches people what it's like to be a surgeon a resident in med school and he interviews other people in that field to tell you what it's like to live that life so kevin thank you for coming on today Thanks for having me, Ian. It's a pleasure. Definitely, definitely. We got to talk a little bit beforehand, uh, mostly about just what you're up to now and uh, how you got into so much of this you know, time management, why it's important, why it's been big in your field, and uh, how it's helped you as an entrepreneur. So I'm trying to think where we should start out. I know you already looked at the questions. Uh, you know, I guess let's just start with number one because it's kind of a good overview. And that question was, how can someone within – extremely busy life balance creating a personal brand with their day-to-day responsibilities? Great question. So building a personal brand. Um, so you're kind of, you're kind of asking this question for someone who is interested in maybe starting a, a side business of some sort and where can they, where can they begin the process? Right? Yeah, so I think a great place to start is if someone still has to support themselves. So whether that's, you know, they're a resident or uh, they're just working at 7-Eleven, but they have to work pretty much normal business hours to support themselves, but they're trying to start some sort of business or a personal brand on the side. Um, And I wanted to ask you just because of your success in in managing, you know, both, how can somebody do that? Sure. So I think, so I think for like a personal brand specifically, Mm -hmm. I think that the key is you have to be doing some cool shit, right? So yeah. if you're not doing things that you're actually excited about and not actually proud of, mm-hmm. then what are you going to build your brand off of? So if you are, for example, if you're trying to start a fitness brand and you want to start with yourself, mm-hmm. what is your fitness transformation? How are you elevating yourself? How are you challenging yourself, staying disciplined, working out regularly? Mm-hmm. You need to be living the life that you're proud of to actually have a meaningful personal brand. I think yeah. if, if you're working a, a nine to five, it's challenging. I get it. There's, there's all, only so many hours in a day, yeah. but rather than focusing on, you know, what are the techniques to grow my Instagram, to grow my Facebook, to grow my Twitter? What are the ways that I can just have an awesome life and then share that with others? So <laughs> kind of offering value rather that. than taking. Like yeah. No, yeah, no, that totally does. That's so interesting. I actually haven't, haven't thought of that. I don't know why, because yeah, so many of my friends that are into personal branding, it's always about like, what's the post schedule on this platform? What type of posts work? That's important. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I I don't think that should be the only focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not the foundational layer. That's such an easy, like mental model though. It's like, are you doing cool shit with your life? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, cool. Well, that's a great one for people to think about. I love that. This is off to a bang. Um, okay. Well, the, another part of this time management and doing a lot of things is balancing the personal relationships. So you talk about in one of your videos, 
I think it was like the intro. You're saying that basically you were getting this schedule where you were like, I'm going to knock out in all my free time. I'm going to be doing, if it's like a low level task, I'm going to be multitasking. So I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like walking on the treadmill and like listening to podcasts. Like, and you said that at one point you're on the phone with your girlfriend and you're like folding clothes or something. And she's like, she's like, what are you doing right now? And you're like, Oh, you know, like uh, folding clothes. And she, you know, you guys got in a little argument over that. And that's when you said you realized like, okay, there has to be this balance with efficiency versus like, you know, being, I don't know if a good partner, but being a normal human being around other people, like how do you, Cause like some people do take offense if, if you feel like you have to be super efficient and they want to just relax. How do, how have you found that you've been able to balance that? I know you're a super driven guy. So what's worked for you? So for fun, I love how you, how you told that story. That's the spot on. It was, um, <laughs> we were like FaceTiming. So I, like I was building laundry. Yeah. yeah. You've, you've been there, right? Yeah. So it's, it's about being present and I, I, I don't think that, so I'm all about like optimizing my life and my time. Right. And I don't think that that necessarily means ha- being present or not being efficient, quote unquote, during times with others is not an optimal way of being. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in this situation, it would be more worthwhile for me to relax and unwind and be fully present with the girl that I'm dating mm-hmm. rather than try to squeeze in other things that are taking away from that moment. So now she doesn't feel as much of a connection because I'm just by definition, I can't be 100% present with her over FaceTime. This is back when you know, we were doing a long distance relationship um, when I'm folding clothes and doing something else on the side. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame her for feeling disrespected, right? I would be disrespected too. It's like, oh, you know, yeah. here I am. Like I'm here just totally focused on you, but to you, it's, it's more of an opportunity to multitask. And that makes me feel less important. Mm-hmm. So I guess the main thing is like my, my main philosophy is always question how I'm using my time. And in that situation, I don't think I was actually using it effectively because I was compromising the quality of a connection that I value a, a meaningful relationship in order to try to squeeze in something that I could, I mean, I can still be effective and multitask with laundry. Let's, let's listen to a podcast, right? Yeah. Let's, let's do something else but I don't need to be doing that while I'm speaking to a girl that I'm dating. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, yeah. I like that idea of what's, what's effective. Uh, yeah. Because if you're trying to have, if the goal is folding laundry, then it's effective. But if the goal is a deep human connection, you know, then maybe not. So I guess I like that prioritization. Um, well, a lot, a lot of people who are all about this optimization lifestyle, mm-hmm. This is totally me as well. I, I, yeah. I got so sucked in that I thought by, you know, pushing in more and more work and like time management and doing productive things and like eliminating any waste, then that's yeah. worth like some sort of ideal. Mm. And that's there's no waste. so BS. Yeah. There's, there's two pivotal things that actually happened this year in 2018. Okay. Number one is, so the girl that I used to date, this, this, the same girl, um, she was very spiritual mm-hmm. and I still, I still regularly talk to her because she's like so different than me in, in the way she thinks. I'm very like analytical, scientific, real world, that sort of mindset. And she's more mm-hmm. like feeling and 
energy and getting in touch with your inner child, things like that. Like intuitive, yeah. Yeah, intuitive. So mm -hmm. she had mentioned this concept of getting in touch with your inner child. Mm -hmm. And I kind of was like, okay, yes. I mean, it sounds cool. <laughs> kind of thing. I, I respected yeah. it. It's like a really very intelligent girl. Yeah. Um, but I never really practiced that. Yeah. Then I saw this YouTube video by Charisma on Command. He has an, an awesome YouTube channel. Oh yeah, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So he had this uh, this video on his ayahuasca experience. <laughs> I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome video. Okay. And I think he, I actually just searched Charisma on Command Inner Child recently to share it with someone else, and it's like the first one. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you can link it in like the show notes. Yeah, that's yours. no, I definitely will. But he essentially talks about this process of getting in touch with his inner child. Mm -hmm. So that day, you know, I, I watch it and I'm like, oh damn, that's like some powerful stuff. I did, I did like this meditation yeah. that, he, that he suggests. And that night it was, you know, 9.30 or 10 p.m. And I had told my inner child, oh, we'll watch a movie tonight. And I, I don't really watch movies because yeah. it kind of comes back to that whole time management thing. Yeah. I'll maybe watch two or three movies a year, yeah. Um, which I'm not saying is good. This, this, it's, not, it's just like the, where you're at right now at the time. Where I'm at right now, yeah. <clears throat> so I was like, oh, I'll watch a movie tonight. And, and at 9.30 or 10, I was like, oh, you know, I planned to, but <laughs> I'm really busy now. I got like th these things that are taking longer than I expected. Yeah. And somehow I broke myself out of that. I was like, you know what? No, I committed. I need to honor my word. I committed to doing this. I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I went out, watched, uh, just like in my living room, watched Jumanji 2, had a blast. Imagine this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. I was like, mm. this is so ridiculous how much fun I'm having yeah. from watching a movie by myself in my house. Yeah. That's like, I mean, it was Jumanji 2. It's not like a good movie, but the, the amount of fun I was having surprised me. Yeah, yeah. And that was from getting in touch with my inner child. So the main shifts I've had recently, and I, I'm trying to bring this back, mm. is the importance of that relaxation and unwinding time. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I started doing on weekends is rather than prioritizing work 100%. And I used to prioritize that and not make too many plans with friends. I'd be like, okay, I'll hang out with you guys Friday, but then Friday evening, but then all day Saturday, all day Sunday grind. Yeah. By actually prioritizing relaxation time on the weekends even when i'm like ooh, I, like i was so close on friday i wanted to get this thing done but saturday sunday mm -hmm. nope can't finish it i've actually become more productive it's like it's this weird paradox yeah because i'm taking time to actually unwind yeah. i become more effective and i can get into things like like deep work right yeah. Yeah, during yeah. the week because i'm more refreshed yeah what that's so interesting yeah it's like it's almost like you don't have that internal resistance so what is it like what is it Kevin, is your inner child just throwing a tantrum during the week if you don't have that time? Like, what do you think it is? Like, I'm sort of kidding, but I'm, I'm also kind of not because I noticed that in myself. Like, I'm just kidding myself sometimes when I'm like, no, I'm going to keep working, keep working. And it turns into like procrastination, like bullshit, texting on my phone way more than when I do what you're talking about and separate the two, like real work and not work time. What do you think it is? So like, did you get any insight from that, that meditation into like what it might be? So what, what I took from that was that my inner child wants to have fun and mm. I had been suppressing that. I still, there are times when I go race my car, you know, autocross and I have like a yeah. blast and I that's love awesome. that. Mm. But there, that's like once every couple months. Mm. And in the meantime, 
I think it's, it's not really throwing a tantrum, but it's like being suffocated and being sad and feeling neglected mm-hmm. on the inside. This gets to a whole like weird touchy feely spiritual stuff. But the, the main mm-hmm. message I want people to understand, cause I know that can turn off a lot of people that used to turn me off totally. Yeah. Yeah. Is just prioritizing that, that relaxation, that unwinding time. Mm-hmm. Because I get to the same state as you where like, for example, um, recently I was, I had a great morning, was like plowing through work. And then early afternoon, I found myself taking longer to do these tasks. And it, it takes like this, this level of self-awareness because it's very easy to just be working on these things and it's taking a little bit longer. Oh, let me check my email again. Oh, let me, you know, let me handle these like few small bank things. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're constantly changing your focus and overall, that makes you so much more ineffective, so much more yeah. inefficient. Yeah. So in that moment, I was like, oh, I am getting burned out. Right? My focus is waning. Let me take a break. Rode my bike, went to the gym, came back home, and then boom, was like back to my normal state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that kind of awareness, though, is hard. I feel like it's a little it's a little maybe because like the level of experience with that type of work. You know, I know you've been doing it for so many years now. It's really focused work where it's like, you know, how does someone get to that point where they notice that kind of thing? Because I know we talked about, okay, before this call, we were talking a little bit about entrepreneurs and me and Kevin were talking about uh, people that have this idea that they can just grind all the time. And we were talking about why that's not effective. And this is a good example right here of like, if you don't have that awareness, you might be doing that to yourself, you know, four out of five days of the week where you're getting two hours of work done in an eight hour work day. Cause you're checking email, you're taking breaks. You're just not noticing the time slip away. It's like, how do you, short of tracking it on a piece of paper. How do you get that awareness? I think, I think there's been multiple stages for me and I, I haven't done like a controlled experiment, so I can't say like what yeah. the most effective intervention is, mm-hmm. but from my experience, there were, there were two stages. And the first was just understanding that, okay, I'm human. I can't focus. I can't just will myself into grinding out. And this is like back when I was in med school and mm-hmm. you know, we would study like literally all day, every day. And I had to start for- forcing myself to take Friday evenings off. Um, Cause the first like couple, the first two months we were, me and my, my, my best friend, we were just like studying all day, every day and it actually wasn't effective. And then when we started yeah. dialing it back, mm-hmm. then our, our, we started doing better. So the Pomodoro technique, that's one thing I talk about a lot on, I talk about a lot on my channel. Yeah. It's this mm-hmm. idea that you, you focus on one task for 25 minutes and you set a timer, right? So it helps with procrastination, but it also helps with just focusing for extended periods of time, like the endurance. Because if you're forcing yourself to take five minute breaks every 25 minutes and then 25 minute or 20 minute breaks every two hours, then you're much less likely to be fatigued than if you just sprint, oh, I'm gonna grind for three hours straight and then your brain is fried. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was number one. That was like the first stage. The second stage that happened more recently within the last year or so is cultivating more self-awareness with how I'm spending my time. And I'm not sure which aspect was most effective, but I can think of a couple things that helped. Number one is meditation mm-hmm. because you can just see your mind, just like all your minds, you're on autopilot. And when you meditate, you just watch the autopilot. Wow, that is really interesting. My brain keeps going there. And 
you're better able to identify those moments day to day, mm. moment to moment where you find yourself feeling an emotion and then exploring why you feel that emotion. I think, oh, that's interesting. And when you identify it as interesting rather than getting caught up in it, when you can observe it from a third person perspective, it gives you so much more control to separate yourself from it if you want. Mm-hmm. So meditation is one thing. I think number two is journaling. I have this habit. Um, my phone actually, it's all about the system, right? Like you can't just roll yourself into doing a habit. You got to create a system. So I have yeah. the system that will remind me to journal every morning and every yeah. night. Okay. So I use, I use the day one, the app mm-hmm. and every morning it says, it has a template that it auto populates and I just need to fill out three things I'm thankful for. Um, what would make today amazing? And you know, what, like what my plans are for the day. Nice. Every evening there's like a similar template, three amazing things that happened today. Um, what could have been better? And then just like some space to elaborate mm-hmm. that kind of self-reflection also cultivated the, the self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the last thing, the last thing is just speaking to other people that have a similar way of being or similar mindset. What do you mean by that? I have friends that I hang out with mm-hmm. where it's, it's just like a, a good time. We'll, you know, we, we go way back, to, you know, we're friends since high school. It's always a lot of fun. We joke around, but it's a lot harder to have deeper conversations with them. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, right? There, there are certain high school friends that I have deeper conversations with all the time, but there are certain friends where they, they don't like that. They, they kind of shy away from that. They're like, eh, let's just like talk about video games and like whatever, right? Cars. Yeah. yeah. But by spending more time with other individuals that also have this like growth mindset are constantly challenging themselves and thinking and like trying to observe themselves from a third person perspective and see how they can improve their lives. Mm-hmm. That helps me reframe my own thoughts. Like there have been times where my friend is handling a, a conflict and the way he describes his own thought process and what he's going through is like inspiring to me. Cause I'm like this, this conflict didn't even happen to me, but yeah. you're so calm and level headed and analytical and logical about it that it inspires me to be better as well. Yeah. So trying to find those individuals and learning from them, I think is very beneficial has been very beneficial for me at least. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I've noticed where, Oh man. Yeah. I've had some of the biggest life changes after being around groups of friends like that, um, where they're all really, uh, at least striving for self-awareness and, uh, you know, trying to really grow in how they manage, I guess, crises in their life. Uh, yeah. Cause it's so, it's so different when people really make an effort to try to, to observe themselves, how they change. Um, and that thing about being around people that are, you know, whatever way you're trying to be, whether that's, you know, you're trying to make money or you're trying to become more self-aware. It's crazy how, like, I've heard that so many times, like, oh, you're the average of the five people to the point where I'm just like, not, I don't even hear it because it's like so cliche to me at this point. But it's like, it's so underrated. It's crazy. You can like try to do something on your own for years. I know for people, sometimes it's decades or never. And the second you're around like the right group of people, it can make it like nearly effortless. <laughs> you're just like, totally. It's unbelievable. Totally. Yeah. There are two things you said that I want to, I want to come back to. Number yeah. one, you're talking about crises mm. and I'd love to talk about how crises are used as like the stimulus, this opportunity 
but the um the whole the whole five people thing right yeah. you're right super cliche what i've noticed and what I, i tell myself is a slightly different version of that which is surround myself with people that are better than me and that means like financially so people who have businesses that are doing much better than mine how what can i learn from them people who are doing much better like public speaking um i've been doing toastmasters recently oh nice and nice it's awesome right have you done it yourself no no but it's just one of those things i've i've it sounds like an odd thing but i've heard so many people say the results were great that i'm yeah i'm pretty intrigued so that's another area where i am purposely looking for clubs where i feel that i'm one of the worst public speakers yeah, yeah. because there there are other clubs where i go to and i'm like oh i feel i feel like i'm one of the better ones here i don't want that mm-hmm. i want to go to a club where i'm challenged surround myself with people that are better than me mm-hmm. people that are more spiritual than me people that have i haven't been really in touch with that for much of my life but i think that there is benefit there so what can i learn right yeah not being afraid to like like it's 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 uncomfortable if you go to toastmasters you go up and speak and you feel like you're not one of the best speakers and if you feel like you're on the on the lower half then that's going to be uncomfortable but that's the only place that you're going to get better which kind of brings us back to the whole crisis point that you brought up with your friends yeah yeah no it is it is uh it's amazing how people i mean unless you just totally don't care most people really want to rise to this like level they perceive other people as being at if if they think they're not as high performing and it's just like huge catalyst for changing yourself because it's, it's so easy to like sit around and like not compare yourself and be like oh i'm going to stay away from anyone that might be better than me like but when you do it's like true yeah, the, well the, the other thing with that is not letting your ego get in the way because if you're around people that are more successful like mm-hmm. if you come across a successful business person the ego may try to trick you into saying Oh, I am morally superior because that business person did some shady things and that's why they're mm-hmm. successful. But I am better because I'm a good person. And the reason <laughs> I I'm not as successful is not because yeah. I can't do it or I didn't work hard enough, it's because I just have these these morals and ethics that I would never do such slimy things. <laughs> yeah. Like we tell ourselves these stories that are totally total BS. It's our ego, it's like ego self-preservation. Yeah. Very toxic. That's a funny way to put it. Ego self-preservation. Yeah, it's true though, man. When you catch yourself doing that, it's pretty funny. Because uh, yeah, it happens so much to you. It's pretty crazy how much, how easy it is to do it for everything, you know? Uh, yeah. Like one thing that always sets people off is um, is politics, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like especially this recent election in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And. I'm not going to get into any any statements regarding specific candidates mm-hmm. but I just believe that the truth is usually somewhere in the middle there's there's mm-hmm. usually one extreme and another extreme the ideal the, the truth is usually somewhere in the middle in in most arguments mm-hmm. but what I found is that this is such a polarizing political climate that if you say anything about the other like either Republican or or Democrat party that is that doesn't is not agreeable to another individual they'll just get like triggered so triggered just yeah. just like that yeah it's like it's hard to even have a a 
intellectual conversation about it because people, their emotions get so hyper-stimulated from yeah. something like that. No, it's and that's crazy. Like, crazy. It's so interesting. So interesting to me that, that we can't, it's so difficult for us to separate ourselves and say, okay, I feel like saying expletive, expletive, expletive about this person. Why do I feel that way? Okay, my good friend voted for the other candidate. And I thought that, you know, like, you know, most, most people in my age group are, are Democrat, not, not Republican. But okay, so my, my good friend voted Republican rather than me saying, you know, expletive, expletive, expletive. Let me, let me ask him, okay, why? What, what did you see in this? What were the reasons? Mm-hmm. It's very challenging to do. Mm-hmm. I think that the world would be a, a much better place if we could just take it, you know, take it easy with the emotion and try to see the other person's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's, it is kind of strange the things that end up being really emotionally powerful to people. Cause it's like politics is odd because so many people agree that it's like dumb, especially the way it's portrayed in the, the news, you know, mass media. But then at the same time, it still triggers so many people. <laughs> like even though people acknowledge like logically that they think it's like a little bit crazy the way things are portrayed, they'll still get, yeah, like you said, up in arms. Um, True that. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's definitely wild. Politics is like, I don't understand. Um, one day. Very, I'm, very touchy subject. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. Ian, I, I wanted to talk about, um, I wanted to talk about crises and just obstacles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... Another thing that I've recently, I've always believed that challenges and obstacles are the greatest opportunities for growth. And, and what you were talking about regarding your friends made me think that you may have a similar experience or, or you, your friend group may have had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just was saying like when I was saying crises, I mean that I guess it's, it's that, okay, if you really put a ton of effort into trying to self-reflect, you know, you can be fairly successful. Um, but sometimes even when you're putting a lot of effort into that, it's not as powerful as having a like limit situation. Uh, you know, cause when you have something bad, especially when it's something bad where people are forced to kind of take a pause in their life at some aspect of their life, you know, it could be a breakup, lose a job, whatever, <laughs> lose much money. Uh, it just forces reflection in a way that's hard to do on your own, you know? And I, I was saying that that combined with the types of people you're being around can have like powerful life changing effects on people, you know, one way or the other. So I, I totally agree with that. And I, and I think the positive potential and, and effects of these rock bottom moments mm-hmm. is often underappreciated or underutilized. Mm-hmm. I think that for myself, I would not be nearly as, successful in the whole like medical medical school training route becoming a physician unless i actually got diagnosed with crohn's disease for example early in college when like shit hit the fan mm-hmm. we're having family issues financial mm-hmm. issues health issues mm-hmm. like we moved to a, a very small apartment i was like like what is going on and that forced me that that discomfort forced me to face some challenging truths okay what do i actually want out of life life is short. My health is not this robust thing. It's actually very fragile. Like we, we take our days for granted. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. Most of us. I definitely do. Mm-hmm. And that, Oh shit moment is what propelled me to improve a lot of areas of my life. Mm-hmm. 
what was it though? Just the fact that you knew that you had less time than you had thought or what about that made you, I guess, propelled you to changing your life? So I think one of the, one of the things I picked up in that time, which actually wasn't the most, wasn't the healthiest habit, but I've since broken free from that and replaced it with healthier things. And I've actually talked about this on my YouTube channel where I think it's like titled my secret. Uh, when I actually come, come out to the public about Crohn's disease, okay. the unhealthy habit was viewing Crohn's disease as something that was broken within me and something that I had to compensate for. Yeah. So what I found was I had this immense drive to work very hard throughout college. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the end of college when I had that breathing space to really self-reflect that I realized this is actually a very toxic way of thinking that there is something wrong with me that I need to compensate for. Yeah. But it was useful in the sense that I learned a lot of techniques about studying or time management or discipline that I likely wouldn't have had otherwise. Because Mm -hmm. for me in, in high school, I was a good student, but that wasn't because of good study habits or discipline. That was just because high school compared to like neuroscience and college is a lot easier, right? Yeah. Yeah. Way easier, but no, that makes sense because it definitely, I feel like once you're propelled in that direction, it definitely gets you to that next point where you can kind of see your next direction and, you know, keep going on from there. Um, I, I definitely could see how that could push you in the direction of the really rigid self-discipline and, and study habits and things like that. As someone who was in the military, I'm sure that you're, you're the expert with, with the self-discipline. That took me a while. Yeah. (laughs) That took me me most of of my military career. But uh, yeah, I think I I got it after a while. Um, That's funny though. Uh, Man, I wanted to ask you a bunch more, man. I have to jump off here in like 10, but I wanted to, I really wanted to ask you one thing about this, this whole, it's tied into the whole discipline thing because your channel, like I was joking beforehand, if I had to summarize it, it would be like, you know, like, you know, what the, what the fuck are you doing with your time? <laughs> You're serious about people not wasting their own lives. Cause it's like that whole idea of like, Hey, this is your time. Like do what you want with it. Uh, how did you get so like, I guess disciplined with the time, but also like where did that competitive streak come from? Was it the whole Crohn's thing or like, I mean, going for like surgery and med school and all these super ultra competitive things. What, uh, you know, what is it about, about you that made you that way? That's a good question. And I'm, I'm not sure I have the right answer. I think mm-hmm. the, the answer may be something deeper about like my, my development or how I was raised or some experiences I had when I was younger. Cause I always remember being super competitive in everything I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't until like middle school that I learned how to be a graceful loser, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can still be competitive and be a graceful loser. It's possible, but mm-hmm. it definitely takes some work. Yeah. Um, I guess it's probably linked though to like my desire to optimize. Even, even when I was in high school, I remember that maybe I wasn't as keen on optimizing my time, but I was really keen on optimizing diet. Okay. How can I work out most effectively and how can I, you know, what kind of foods do I need to eat? And I was super restrictive and and regimented with my diet to the point that my, I don't think it was unhealthy. Um, even, even now, I, reflecting back, it wasn't unhealthy. It actually wasn't even that good of a diet. But yeah. based on what I, the research I had done then, 
I was very like, this is what I can eat, this is what I cannot eat. And, like I, I didn't have any cheese because okay, cheese is, is bad. And, you know, I'm not going to have any cheese now. Mm. Um, and my, I remember my dad was like, you gotta live a little, enjoy your food. And I was like, no, like I am enjoying my food. I just don't want to eat a cheeseburger, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think that the, the competitiveness, it's an area that I, I, I should actually reflect on more or that I'd like to reflect on more because I'm not sure if it's a coincidence. This requires a certain level of self-reflection that I haven't done yet, but plastic surgery is, is one of the, the most competitive specialties within medicine. Yeah. It has the, the highest average step one score. Mm -hmm. It has a very low match rate. And I'm not sure, like I, I love plastic. I think it is the coolest specialty within medicine. Mm -hmm. But if it was not competitive, would I still have wanted to do it? I don't know. Yeah. And, and yeah. I like to think that, no, I, I love plastics. I would do it, of course, regardless. But yeah. is that, again, is that like my ego or yeah. I actually want to explore that? I'm, I'm not sure. That's a good, that's a great question. Um, man, dude, I could just like, we, we could go for like another two hours. Uh, I have to wrap this up though. I want to ask, I want to give something to people that I've been like trying to, trying to get, but man, it sounds like there's so many things that have gone into you, like how you became like really into time effective. What do you think, are there like two sort of blanket recommendations? Like, I mean like one to three, but that you could give people about things they could do concrete, you know, whether that's meditation or just journaling in the morning that will help them start to become more aware of how they're spending their time. So maybe they can become more effective. I like this question. Um, number one, I would say systems create results. Mm. A lot of people wish they were more motivated or disciplined. That's not the issue. The issue is, the system that you're operating right now is not generating the results you want. And it's not because of you, it's because of your system. It's like that famous quote, right? That every, it's like every system is perfectly designed to get the results that it gets. I'm, I'm totally butchering it, but yeah, you know yeah, what I'm trying yeah. to get at, right? System, yeah. So optimize your system. What, one thing that I do is I have an accountability group and I have a list of habits and we have this habit share app. And every week we check up on each other for 30 minutes to an hour and we, we try to help each other figure out how we can optimize our system. So one thing that I was slipping on was like, um, you know, okay, if I want to be working out six days a week, but I'm only hitting three, mm. what is wrong with my system? If I, if I only meditated three days this week rather than seven, if I'm trying to meditate every day, what is wrong with my system? So it's, it's not about blaming myself and beating myself up. It's about creating a system. So if everyone is, is more aware as to how their habits and their system influences what they actually do day to day, I think people can be much more deliberate with their time. Yeah. So that's number one. I'd say number two is taking full responsibility for everything in your life. There are a lot of – it's a very triggering statement, actually, because a lot of people say, oh, well – I, I have this disease and it's not my fault. Like, what do you mean it's my response? Like, it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. Yeah. And what that does is it gives you power. It puts the ball in your court and it keeps you from the mind state of being a victim and mm -hmm. a passenger to life. It gives you much more control. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people may say, oh, but like this other kid, 
how can I compete with him? He's, he's super rich. Or, you know, I was beaten as a kid and that's like my disadvantage or whatever it is that, that people may have. What I have learned and what I've seen is that we often blame the situation for how it didn't go our way seemingly. So we can say, oh, like, I was like thinking of random examples. My, uh, it's like, oh, you know, my, my family was abusive and, yeah. and that's why I can't trust people, right? Yeah, 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 that's a great one. <laughs> but if we can actually say, okay, there's some negatives with that, but there are also a lot of good things that came out of it. Maybe you were more self-reliant or like just tougher, like had thicker skin because of that. Mm-hmm. That can also put a lot more power in our, in our, like put the ball in our court. Yeah. So the two things would be systems and taking responsibility for your life, like everything in your life. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love the systems thing. I, cause I, I never thought of that. And I'm so prone to being like, Oh, I got to work harder. Like, come on, like, this is your fault. Like, I'll do the take responsibility thing, but then I'll have this super unrealistic view where, like, somehow if my system's totally broken, I'm magically just going to, like, make it work, which is, like, not... They're, they're like, willpower, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, never lasts. Yeah. No, that's awesome. The systems, the systems apply to your, your self, your self-management is awesome. I love that one. Uh, and I will definitely link to that video in the show notes too. Well, Kevin, uh, I'm going to wrap it up and then we can chat after, but thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you sharing some of your advice for people. Thanks for having me. And this was, this was awesome. I really enjoyed it.